Hello, this is We Become Church. Thanks for tuning in. We are pastors Tori and Alan Rogers. At We Become, our mission is to help people know and become who God has uniquely created them to be by becoming more like Him. As Colossians 3.10 states, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. So going on to verse 29. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so for those of you who don't know Solomon, um, if you don't know, you can read uh, 1 Kings. Um, but I want to read uh, 1 Kings ten fourteen, And when it's, talk, it's uh, talking about the wealth of Solomon, how much money he had. And the reason I think it's comparing Solomon and all his glorious riches is um, to the lilies, is Solomon had the funds to buy whatever he wanted. Um, but First Kings uh, ten fourteen says, uh, each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. And this is the New Living Translation. Uh, the King James and New King James says 600, 600, three score and six talents, which is 666 talents. But in today's economy, that's a lot of money. Uh, about one ton of gold, uh, I forget the exact number, but I think one ton of gold is about $63.4 million. So multiply that by 25, it's well over a billion dollars. And this is on average the amount of money Solomon brought in a year. So Solomon could have the nicest fabrics, the best sandals, custom made, custom design, gold line, everything. But it says, even him in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. So even Solomon with all his wealth that he had, that he was able to have these fabrics and these different things made and walls lined with gold, it's not as beautiful as what God has done naturally in the in this in these lilies and uh, the main point of this and you and if you want to know why God blessed Solomon so with uh, money uh, you can read first um, Kings uh, 3 uh, 5 to 15 um, the new New King James version it explains you know the dream Solomon had how God had come to him in a dream and Solomon you know um, said he wanted uh, wisdom how to govern the kingdom and to govern God's people. And so God liked this answer and because he didn't ask for selfish things like kill my enemies and make me rich and you know, so God blessed him because of what he did ask for and the things he didn't ask for, which was wealth and power, God gave them that as well. And uh, the, main, the main emphasis here is there's nothing wrong with looking nice to feel good about ourselves. You know, all of us like to have Especially holidays coming up, we like to have, you know, for those of us with hair, we like to have, you know, your, your hair done, nice haircut, your waves, your colors, or whatever, whatever your style is. You want to have your hair done, nice clothes, new outfit, you know, you want to look your best, and that, which helps you feel better about yourself. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but we shouldn't be consumed with hairstyles and name brands and fashion trends. And and the word consumed, if you if you look it up, uh, one of the definitions is to take in as food, to eat or drink up, 
And one of the things is it's it's people consume this like it's vital and or it's necessary to sustain their life, but it's but it's not. And one of the things we should do is we should try to keep things in perspective to have a balance. It's nice to look nice, but let's not be so consumed with our appearance and how we looked that it's the main priority in our life. And the definition for perspective is the capacity to view things in their relative importance. And if we keep things in perspective and realize that it is important to cover ourselves and have clothing, especially those of us in New England, getting into winter, it's in the mid thirties, you know, you don't want to start getting frostbite and stuff. So it's important to cover your body and keep yourself warm, but it's, you know, let's keep things in perspective and not get carried away with how important we look with the importance of how we look. Uh, So going to verse 30, it says, now if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is here and tomorrow is thrown into oven, into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? This is talking about the grass. And if you know anything about grass, you know in the wintertime that the grass uh, pretty much goes dormant, meaning that the growth slows down significantly during the winter months because of the you know colder temperature and shorter days you know very little to sometimes no sunlight you know during some of the winter days this makes me wonder how many of us have gone dormant like the grass because of the coldness and harshness of this life how many of us aren't thriving or growing as we should be or as we could be in God. You know, you think of things in life that kind of happen to us that that discourage us or frustrate us or, you know, kind of catch us off guard, you know, whether it's the being laid off from, from your job or an illness or a sickness or a death in the family or some, you know, situation or circumstance that was unforeseen or caught you off guard. And, and caused you to kind of go into yourself and, and not grow in the way that God would have you to grow, which is to, to flourish and to grow straight. You know, sometimes you see, you know, when the city, you know, springtime, they'll, you know, um, plant grass seed and fix up areas that have kind of been beaten up by the winter. You know, snow plows, you know, sometimes cause a lot of damage to you know curb appeal you know sometimes they'll plant new trees and but what you'll see is when those trees are young they have um like sticks or reinforcements around the side of them that kind of tie off to the tree until the tree becomes strong enough to to kind of have those reinforcements removed so the tree can go upward and the reason they're there is to keep the tree from swaying too far to the left to the right and growing crooked or growing in a direction that is anything other than straight up and we as you know people sometimes need people to come alongside of us to help us to help prop us up to help make sure that we're growing in the direction that God would have us to grow in and these are usually people who are more stable and stronger than you are you think of that you know that tree analogy with the braces on the side 
if the tree was stronger than those sticks, once the tree started growing, say in the wrong direction, they would pull those sticks right out of the ground. So you need sometimes to surround yourself, I think actually all the time, to surround yourself with people who have more experience at life than you and have a, you know, maybe a, a deeper walk with the Lord and who are very stable and solid in their faith. I think it's good to surround ourselves with these type of people and allow them to get close enough to us sometimes to help prop us up when it's needed. Because in this life, you will have troubles, you will have difficulties, you will have heartaches, you will have pain. But let's be wise and surround ourselves with good people who love us and have our best interests at, as, at heart. And I pray that you would do this. And um, the last part is, uh, oh, you of little faith, which we're not going to get into today, but that's something that deserves a lot of attention on its own. But faith, uh, one of the definitions of faith that I liked is um, to have complete trust or confidence in. And the uh, second definition is without question. And this makes me think of um, the scene in, um, in uh, the movie Black Panther, which I meant to rewatch it to memorize the, to get the people's names, but there's a scene where there's a rhino charging M'Baku. And the guy riding the rhino into him um, is the husband of the one, one of the main warriors to T'Challa. So this woman sees the rhino charging to M'Baku and she steps in front of the rhino and the rhino sees her and knows her and the rhino doesn't want to hurt her, so it stops. And so she pulls her spear, you know, towards her husband and um, he says, my love, would you, would you kill me? And she says, for Wakanda, without question. And you had some thoughts on the uh, without question part as well. We can say when you brought it up. It's, it's we need to have that same that same uh, desire, that same fervency to defend the, the and be, to be about the things of God as this person has. She was willing to she was willing to go to go to, she was willing to fight for what she believed in, which was the Wakanda and the Wakandan people. So she was willing to fight to protect what she believed in. And I think we, as God's people, need to be willing to take a stand um, for his word and, and the things of God. Yeah, and I think um, one of the things that, uh, well, you were thinking that, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's not so much that, like, you know, we have to be ready to fight people yeah. um, or even argue with people. But I think, you know, when you say, like, without question, it was that she just had that, like, mental like assurance that like this is so important that like you know that there's no doubt and there's no question about how I feel about it and I think this kind of ties into worrying because we have to be so assured that God is for us that he is with us that he is available to us in times of help um, in times of you know trouble to help us that it's not a question in our mind is you know can God do this will he come through will my needs be met met you know, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? But just that assurance, I think, is one of the things, yeah, yeah, is that it's, yeah. it's without question. Um, if we believe God and we trust him and we stand on his word, you know, it's without question that 
he will see us through. Yeah, like the, there's an old song, uh, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. But it's like it's that, that blessed assurance just to know that, that God is with me, he's got my back, he's a good father. Um, and, and, you know, one of the scriptures that says, you know, talks about parents, if your kid asks you for, you know, an egg for food, do you give him a serpent? And it's like, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. But it's like, if you being evil, you people who have evil hearts and evil intent, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so your heavenly father who is perfect. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you were blessed by today's message and that it has helped you to better know and grow in God. I pray that your fears have been challenged, your spirit has been strengthened, and your faith has increased as we continue to be transformed into the image of his son, Jesus.